I was camping northern Arkansas during late fall with my wife and my dog, Jake, many years ago and woke up to the sound of Jake growling very low. I put my hand on his back in hopes of calming him, thinking he was just restlessly dog dreaming, but it did nothing for his nerves. It was near complete darkness but I could make out his silhouette inside the tent. He was wide awake with his nose inches from the wall of the tent and he was completely motionless other than the vibration of his growl through his fully flexed muscles. This continued for a minute or two until I too could hear the sound of leaves rustling. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the distance, slowly growing louder and louder. This put me on high alert as well and sat up to focus my ears in the direction of the noise. It wasn't footsteps, but a constant rustle as if something was pushing through the dense fallen broadleaf ground cover of the forest. The two of us were intensely focused on the approaching being, me not knowing what else to do at this point. Then suddenly it bumped into the side of the tent, Jake and I flinched back, the sound stopped, his growling stopped, The air went completely silent, my eyes were as wide open as they've ever been as I sat there not breathing waiting for something to happen. A moment later the rustling began again, and slowly made its way along the edge of the tent, turned the corner, followed the next edge of the tent, and then continued away on approximately the same course it was on before. It took Jake and I several- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Minutes to calm down, and my wife never even woke up through it. I spent two and a half weeks backpacking in Olympic National Park. The weirdness happened about a week in. I say about because the memory and the timetable of events is a bit fuzzy. I remember that I had gone bushwhacking the day before. This game trail I'd been following started to widen a little, and by midday of the second day I reached an abandoned cabin. It had obviously been neglected for a long time. The roof was covered in moss and the wooden walls seemed to be suffering from rot. Some weather seemed like it was going to move into the area, so I thought I'd take a break inside. It had a musty smell like wet stone, damp crawl space, and rotting wood. Despite the smell, the cabin was quite spacious inside. Incredibly so, actually. There were two rooms, I remember, and a third door that went down a long, gently sloping stone tunnel that led down into what I assumed was a cellar. Looking back, I don't see how such a feature wouldn't have been visible from the outside. But there it was. I turned on a flashlight and started walking down. It went on for an impossibly long distance. I had gone about 100 yards, and my flashlight beam just faded into darkness when I shone it down the path ahead. This was not a cellar. There was a stifling, claustrophobic silence that seemed to press down on me the further I went. The darkness was disorienting, and I felt almost intoxicated. I'd probably stumbled on a pocket of poorly oxygenated air. Whatever it was, I'm glad I had enough sense left to I nope the F out of there pretty quickly. Here's the strange thing, though. I know I couldn't have gone more than 100 or 200 yards down that tunnel. I wasn't inside the cabin for even an hour, but by the time I got out of the it was morning. I had spent the better part of a day inside. Needless to say, I backtracked and got the F out of there. Okay so we were camping next to a hill in a forest valley based inside a local UK national park renowned for its huge granite tours. About 3 in the morning we were still drinking. 
One of the lads had gone to bed but had got out of his tent to empty his bladder. Funny side story he walked off into the woods so he couldn't be seen but kept his head torch on illuminating himself whilst looking down Lowell. About 20 seconds after he got out of the tent we heard a rumbling. A half-car-sized granite boulder was rolling full tilt down the side if the valley bounced and landed dead on his tent. Six of us couldn't move it and his tent is still under it to this day. That would have killed him instantly and scared the hell out of us all. This happened about six years ago, as stated I was about 12 and my brother was 26 at the time. My brother had been serving in the US Army for several years when this happened and was deploying to the Middle East on his second deployment if I remember correctly. Also of note was that he is a Green Beret and had recently, three or four months prior to this trip, completed the Army Special Forces Qualification Course, Robin Sage and all that and by then was an active duty SF engineer sergeant. Definitely not someone you'd want to F around with. Given that we both grew up with a passion for the outdoors, he thought it would be nice to take me on a backpacking trip in northern Alabama, the Sipsi wilderness for those familiar with the area, before he left for nine months. The trip had gone smoothly up until the third night we were camping out. Around 8 p.m. we had our camp set up, eaten dinner and were sitting by the fire talking about typical boy shit guns, girls, etc. For some reference, our spot was about 50 yards from a large stream, and about 50 yards downhill adjacent to the large path. Our camp, the stream, and the path formed a triangle of sorts. This was summertime in Alabama, so it wasn't quite dark yet when two guys, who looked to be in their late 20s wandered up and asked if we had seen any hogs while we were hiking around. Given that this is rural Alabama, we actually had seen some farther into the wilderness area and told them so. Even though they were relatively polite, my brother called them good old boys, I got a seriously creepy vibe from them dirty clothes, greasy hair, scraggly facial hair, etc. I think they probably looked like they belonged in the movie Deliverance. They kinda hung out for a few minutes, maybe a little longer than they should have looking around, asking us questions like how long we had been out there, how long we were staying, and what looked like them kinda sizing us up. They then abruptly said goodbye and walked away. I didn't necessarily feel threatened by them, and I know for sure my brother didn't, but I still felt uneasy about the whole thing. Fast forward 3 or 4 hours. My brother and I had gone to sleep and were nestled in our tent when I woke to the sound of multiple dogs barking. I've always been a heavy sleeper and they sounded like they were only about 100 yards away. My heart immediately started pounding and I kicked my brother through my sleeping bag and asked if he was awake slash had heard the dogs. He responded I'm awake, they've been getting closer for the past hour or so, just lay still and don't make any sounds. Needless to say, 12-year-old me was about to shit my pants. We would also hear sporadic shouts from several different sources but neither came any closer. A few minutes later my brother whispered, they're just hunting for hogs, they use the dogs to pin them down and then they shoot them. This gave me some relief, but not much. Somehow I managed to fall back asleep. The fact that they were doing this at night was a huge red flag my brother later told me but I think he was just trying to keep me calm. 
Fast forward what was probably another three hours, around 2 a.m. I had managed to sleep pretty well after first hearing the hog hunters when I woke up to my brother squeezing my shoulder firmly, saying wake up, put your shoes on quick and follow me, be as quiet as you can. My heart immediately went back to racing because I heard the dogs and voices in the distance, farther away than before but still distinct. Not asking any questions I did what he said and as soon as we were out of the tent he told me to get on his back. This was a breeze for him after rucking with God knows how much weight in the army. We snuck about 50 yards into the woods towards the junction of the path and the stream and crawled into some bushes. It was up a hill so we had a pretty good elevated view of our campsite. I remember as we were laying there how loudly I was breathing and how quiet he was when I heard the very distinct sound of a pistol slide racking. I looked over and my brother had his pistol, a HK USP that he gave to me a few years after this story took place, and was watching the campsite and surrounding area. I started to whisper to him when he put his hand over my mouth and pointed at the campsite. The group of hunters had been steadily approaching our camp and by this time, 30 or so minutes, had reached it. There were five of them and like three or four dogs. They all looked relatively young but two had either rifles or shotguns and the dogs were going crazy, obviously having smelled our scent. For those of you who are backpackers slash campers, nobody who comes up on a random camp in the middle of the night with dogs and guns and has good intentions. I knew this, and my brother knew this. I was scared shitless. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but my brother later told me they were talking about us, although he hadn't heard any specifics either. They lingered for about 20 minutes shining flashlights around and talking to themselves when my brother put his mouth to my ear and said if they come towards I want you to turn and run as quickly as you can, don't stop, don't look back, stay off the trail and look for the flashing lights, I didn't know what he meant by this but that'll come later. I knew I could make it back because he had taught me land nav pretty well. He then handed me a flashlight and told me not to take the red filter off. He told me later that the red filter helps preserve night vision and cuts down ambient light so it would be harder for someone to see from a distance. At this point I was so scared I almost started crying, but at the same time had a rush of adrenaline and what I think now was confidence that he thought I could handle myself. We laid there for a while longer when out of nowhere they started screaming where y'all at? And firing into the woods at random. My brother dragged me back behind the crest of the hill and threw himself on top of me. Thankfully our position on top of the hill we were protected from any gunfire. They shot maybe five or six more times and then started walking back the direction they had come. They got maybe 100 yards away when I heard a blaring siren and saw emergency lights flashing through the woods. Turns out my brother had called the Forest Service office on a satellite phone my family has for emergencies while I was asleep and they had sent out Forest Service officers and game wardens to our area of the wilderness. The Sipsi Wilderness is about 25,000 acres in size so it took them a while to get there on the dirt roads. When we saw the game warden truck my brother signaled them with the light and pointed them in the direction the hunters had gone and the guy sped off shining his spotlight through the woods. As soon as they were all gone we went back to our camp, packed up our shit and waited by the path for the game warden to come back, 
who then gave us a ride in his truck bed back to the main staging area. On the drive back my brother told me how brave I had been and that we would talk about it with our parents the next day if I wanted to. I asked him not to do that because I thought they might never let me go camp again. Creepy rednecks in the woods, let's not meet again, you might get shot next time. Follow up, we never got any definitive information on what happened to the rednecks we encountered. I have many friends who have gone out to the Sipsi area and had a great time with no creepy stuff going on. However it is truly a wilderness area and law enforcement response, if you can even reach them, would be slow. I was lucky that my brother was there and reacted so quickly otherwise who knows what could have happened. We also got lucky that whatever their intentions were, they either reconsidered or lost interest. I will note that when they left our camp the game warden showed up pretty soon afterwards but I didn't see what the guys and their dogs did. If I remember correctly they headed in a direction parallel to the stream, away from the trail inaccessible to any kind of vehicle. Maybe the warden continued on and took another trail to try and cut them off? We waited around 30 minutes for him to come back and he said there were other officers out looking. There are only so many paths that you could take a truck or quad bike down so any thorough search effort would also have to be done on foot. My dad's family is from the American Southwest, an area called the Lano Estacado. It's got a pretty rich history now that I think of it. It looks like a barren desert but the area is chock full of dinosaur bone discoveries, Stone Age people, and, more recently, it's where the conquistadors traveled through. Anyway, I guess maybe 40 years ago my grandpa bought some land and built a house out there, 45 minutes away from any other town. They ran cattle on the land and the first summer my dad was way out in a pasture by himself at the age of 15. He lived in a school bus that had been converted a bit to be a little camper. Had a bed and stuff. He was basically a shepherd for a young crop of calves. There was no electricity and he only saw his family once a week when grandpa would drive out there to pick him for church on Sunday mornings. Bus didn't run, it was just a shelter. My dad doesn't talk about it too much. One time he opened up about it, he and I were helping a farmer with his wheat crop and we were taking a break, talking. He said he killed at least one rattler every day. At night, he could feel lots of tiny feet of the mice running over him in his bunk. He would lay on the hood of the bus and read Louis L'Amour books till the sun went down. It sounded so cool to me, like from a different time or world. I couldn't imagine being alone that much, he had no phone either, obviously. Anyways, as you might surmise from this story, my dad grew up to be a pretty tough character. He's the strongest man I know mentally and physically. He's a vet, runs a mechanic shop and rides motorcycles all across the country. He doesn't put up with bull or nonsense. He's a religious man but I've never known him to be anything other than serious, realistic, unsuperstitious, except for the superstition of heaven and God, but you see what I mean. So when he looked down at the ground that day we were talking, scuffed his boot, and said he knew there were ghosts out there I was shocked. I asked what he meant, and he said just ghosts of the past. 
After another pause he said one night three skeletons ran through his campsite. He gave no more details and has never repeated the words since. But he said he would take me out there if I wanted to go. We still lived in the area so that evening we knocked off work early and drove out there. Now the house is long since gone. There's an air force base nearby and they have a bombing range out there now. After my grandpa built the house, they extended the bombing range and they were forced off the land. Built a big pit and bulldozed the house into it. Needless to say, trespassers aren't welcome. But my dad wanted to show me the old bus, and this was near the edge of the range. The area's not patrolled or anything. Most people have the common sense to see the words bombing range and stay out. But they hardly fly out there and practice bombing every day. You can hear them when they do and that day had been quiet. So we drive out there as far as we can and then got out of the truck and started walking. There was no one around for miles. We get to the old bus around sunset. I remember the feel of the place. Maybe it was my imagination from what my dad had said but it felt strange. I can't find the words for it. It just felt different from anywhere I'd ever been. Not creepy exactly, but heavy? If that makes sense? I went into the old bus and opened a cabinet. Damn near had a heart attack. There was a screeching cry and batting wings as a large owl took flight into my face. I screamed and hit the deck, have you seen the talons or beaks on these guys? But the owl made a U-turn and went out a rusted hole in the back of the cabinet. Inside though was a truly gruesome sight. There were three baby owlets inside. There were owl pellets everywhere, the regurgitated bones of rodents and the like. It stunk. And these babies, mind you, were not cute. Scraggly and covered in greasy clumps of matted feathers in some places, and bald red skin in others. And they were gathered around the corpse of the fourth owlet, pecking it and tearing pieces of meat off. Cannibal owls? No, thanks. Exiting the bus my dad showed me an old grain pit. He lifted the old wood boards covering it and tossed a rock inside. A chorus of rattling met our ears. Couldn't see inside but it was full of rattlesnakes. I backed off so fast and still shudder at the Indiana Jones type nightmare that would have ensued if those boards gave way and I was dropped inside. The last strange thing we saw was a single cactus. It was unlike any cactus I have ever seen anywhere, before or since. Out there we have jumping cactus, yucca, pricklies, and maybe a barrel cactus or two, no segaros. This was none of those types and was definitely not native. It had grown large and sprawling, twisted green growth covered in tines. It had the most brilliant blood red flowers. We set off back to the truck after that. The sun was dropping. I know this story isn't on par with the more scary ones on here but altogether it was one of the most eerie experiences I ever had. It didn't make sense when he said, but I think I get what my dad meant now by ghosts of the past. When I was a kid in the mid-90s my friends and I were hiking around in the woods behind our house on some Weyerhaeuser timber property and found an abandoned farmhouse. The weird thing was that the house had been left very suddenly. There was still unopened mail and magazines sitting on the coffee table, 
all dated back to same date in the 1950s. Sheets and blankets still on the beds, clothes still in the drawers, pantry full of canned and jarred food, half of it exploded or leaking after so many years. Dishes in the sink, dishes on the table. Unburned candles still sitting out waiting to be used. A fridge outside full of food that had turned to muck and dust. After exploring the house for a while we checked out the farm. The chicken coop had dozens of chicken skeletons, wrapped in desiccated skins or picked bare. There were two pig skeletons in a pen, and the remains of a horse and several cows in the surrounding pasture. A tractor was parked in the garage and was in great shape for its age. It didn't occur to me as a kid at the time but aside from the house having been left so suddenly, it was really remarkable that the entire place was undisturbed. There was no vandalism, no sign of entry, and as far as I could tell, we were this first people to set foot in there in 40 years. When I was younger, around 14 or 15 years old, my family used to camp at a state park. Every night my friend and I would walk through the woods. We called this the ritual this particular night we decided to walk further into the woods than usual. We had flashlights be we liked to try and navigate through the woods with them turned off. We were about half a mile from the nearest campsite when we heard soft whispering behind us. Obviously we hit the flashlights and spun around. Didn't see anything. So we kept walking and we hear it again. This time we stop and look around a bit before we decided to head back to our campsite. Then we see what's whispering. It's a lady crawling on the ground whispering just random words. She was wearing dark clothes and was covered in dirt. When she sees that we notice her she stands up and declares that she is looking for her campsite. We ended up walking her back to the campground and tried helping her find her group. Turns out she was just super drunk slash high and got lost trying to find a bathroom. Her friends didn't even notice she was missing and if we didn't go that far into the woods she would have been lost all night. It was pretty creepy. I was camping in a valley by myself with no cell service. I stayed late on a trail and ran into a nice local dude as it was getting dark. He showed me a local camping spot close to the road and the river, but camouflaged. I had a fire, drank beer, and listened to my friend's comedy podcast. I was loud and visible. Because it was dark already I decided to sleep in the back of my truck under my topper next to all of my gear as opposed to setting up my tent. The next morning I made a fire cracked a beer, and started making breakfast. Then I noticed that there is a man at the edge of my camp. He comes closer, but never looks directly at me. This dude looks homeless has a long ratty beard and has at least a hundred plastic grocery bags tied all over his clothes. I comment about how nice the day is. No response from him. I offer him breakfast, nothing. He sort of paces around the perimeter of my camp. I offer him a beer. But he just turns around. The dude is just standing there back to me wandering around. I'm realizing that there isn't going to be any good happenings. I had my bear spray and buck knife super close. I give him an ultimatum, motherfucker, 
you are either going to acknowledge me or leave immediately. He ignores me. I grab the bear mace and walk a few steps towards him. He sulked away and I threw my shit in my truck and left that place right quick. I wonder if he had watched me during the night and I thank my laziness for staying in my truck instead of a tent. This happened close to 20 years ago now and still creeps me out because I have no idea what it was or what exactly happened. I grew up in southern Oklahoma in a small neighborhood of about 15 houses that was surrounded by woods. Any free time I had as a kid I spent in the woods exploring or building tree forts. There were three fields roughly the size of a football field each that were separated by maybe 10 feet of trees not far into the woods and that's where I spent most of my time out there. I felt pretty comfortable navigating my way out into areas I hadn't been before and coming back by the time it happened. It was summer and I had a friend and his little brother over. My friend and I were maybe 10 or 11 and his little brother was maybe 8. We were coming back from a trail I had made that led to our school when we noticed something moving to our right. We were in the field furthest away from where the gate back to my neighborhood was and it was maybe 5 feet into the trees, no more than 100 feet away from us. It wasn't moving anymore, it was just standing straight up looking at us. It was probably between 6 and 7 feet tall and was pale white. It almost looked like it was coated in powder because of how smooth it looked. Its arms reached down to around its knees but it didn't have any facial features or anything really human like other than standing on two legs. We froze when we saw it staring at us for at least a solid minute. Then we ran. But as we were running through an open field this thing was keeping up with us in a heavily wooded area without looking where it was going or moving around any trees. It kept its eyes on us the whole time. Its movements looked effortless and like it was gliding just above the ground. We made it to the second field and it was still there stalking us. At this point we were all running as fast as we could and didn't notice anything else but what was there. We get to the first field and the gate out of the woods and back into my neighborhood was maybe another 100 feet from it. But when we crossed the line of trees between the first and second field it disappeared. We still had no intention of slowing down and only stopped when we reached my front door, only to notice we had left the little brother behind. We immediately started back towards the woods and were coming up on the gate just as he was coming out. Tears were pouring out. He couldn't talk for at least an hour. When he was finally able to talk again we asked what happened and he said he had tripped in the second field and got lost since it was first time out there. He said it just stopped dead in its tracks and stared at him as he was trying to figure out where to go. It didn't move again after he got up and started running again. To this day I still haven't been back out in those woods and have no idea what we saw. I can still see it in my head matching us step for step and the way it just stared at us when I think about it. Easily the most terrifying thing that's happened to me to date. I had a relative that would seek out ghost towns and I went with him on a few of his excursions. Most of the time, you would find one that was relatively well known. Things were overgrown, but there would be signs of squatters slash campers slash hunters vandalism etc. One time he found out about a very small town that was abandoned in the 20s. 
After a ton of research, he loaded up supplies and planned a hike to see if he could find it. After several unsuccessful attempts solo attempts, he brought me along. The hike started out at an old abandoned railroad junction that was itself 5 to 10 miles off the road. We followed a rail line for about 5 miles that kept diminishing as we went. Eventually we got to a point where there was no longer any sign of the railroad line and we kept going. He was an experienced hiker and he had a plan where he wanted to go this time. After about 15 or so more miles we found it. The town itself was very small. I think there were about 5 houses and a really small general store, think about the size of a small convenience store. The of the houses were in relatively decent condition and a couple of them had been abandoned very quickly. Furniture and pictures left behind, clothes and other belongings packed but not taken etc. It was surreal. We found a letter that was dated 1922, which was about the time that he speculated that the town was abandoned. The store had some product left on the shelves, but this was not like a store in the traditional sense. Maybe more like a trading post. There were a few advertising signs and a few boxes of soap flakes and canned items that we couldn't make out. I guess the story was that the town existed because it was on a rail line. There was a grain storage facility that originally was located a few miles away on the rail line. My uncle speculated that the people in the town either owned or ran the grain facility. The grain facility burned down and the rail line was diverted away. Thus the little town died. Or it could have been that the rail line diverted and then the grain facility burned down later. Either way, like I said, I've been to a few ghost towns before. This was unlike anything I'd ever seen. The people that lived there were relatively well off, not rich, necessarily. This did not appear to be a farming community, like you'd expect. Everything just looked frozen in time. There were no roads anywhere nearby. The closest paved road was probably 30 miles away. It is possible that we were one of a handful of people who saw that place since it was abandoned. This place was out in the middle of nowhere. My uncle found out about the town by seeing a reference to it on a very old railroad map. Again, these were railroad lines that hadn't been used in over 50 years. I was camping in so woods on a property my father rented as farm ground with my older brother. After a while we noticed a sickly sweet smell, being farm kids we knew what it was, something dead and left to rot. As we kept walking we entered a mash-like area, soft, squishy ground and very tall grass. We had walked through marsh-like areas before so we walked on the large grass clumps, being very careful where we placed our feet. After making it to a large clump of solid ground I look up and find a massive pile of skinned animal carcasses. The pile was easily over 10 feet tall, with a 15-foot circumference. It comprised of every animal you could think of, rabbit, fox, coyote, deer, weasel, cat, dog, raccoon, and others I couldn't recognize. The old man that owned the land trapped year-round for anything he could get. He just kept throwing the carcasses in the same pile year after year. After we left the area it dawned on me, the marsh was not in a lowland like most marshy places. 
The group was just saturated with the decaying fluids of all those animals. That's also the reason the grass was abnormally tall in that area. I've been homeless. A lot. I lived in some distant family's land where they have an old cabin up on stilts, due to the local woods flooding heavily sometimes. Illinois is weird, anyway, I spent a good amount of time in this old cabin. Wood stove, porch swing hanging from the ceiling that I used as a bed. Overall, it was an okay place and it wasn't too far of a drive to town for food, you just had to tolerate the half-mile walk to your car. One day I'm out walking around the woods and in a smallish clearing in the path, I see easily a good 50 to 60 dead geese. Every one of them is mangled in horrific ways, necks ripped off of the body, bodies splayed out over old timbers and fence posts, feathers everywhere. Bones sticking out of the dirt. It just looked like a straight up goose genocide. The ground was dry, and there was a lot of dust, but I saw no prints, and there was no other evidence of anything being in the area aside from what one can only assume was some sort of strange breed of exploding goose. I also found a torn open old backpack and a great deal of candy wrappers strewn about it. Way too moldy to identify anything about it. I decided to turn back and see if I could grab a camera when I start hearing this god-awful shrieking noise, as if it were coming from every possible nook and cranny within a 30-foot radius. I took off pretty fast when that started. To this day, my best guess is some sort of massive commune of foxes. It really is the only rational solution I can come to. Still scared the shit out of me. My parents own a small cabin and some land out in a remote area of Alberta. One day we came across a bunch of inakshuks, large stones stacked on each other to resemble in this case, people. They were all dressed up, some in little girl dresses, children's jumpers, safety vests, parkas, some had hats on them and all of them were seriously creepy. We had no idea where they came from or who put them there. We started making up scary stories around the campfire about this mystery person and we started pulling pranks on each other, Inakshuk suddenly erected overnight outside of a friend's tent. Lots of scary Blair Witch stuff to freak each other out. My mom went to this social event that the farmers and ranchers in the area put on every year. She mentioned the Inakshuks to an old couple and they told her that their adult son with a variety of mental disorders put those up. Apparently they calm him down and it's very therapeutic for him. It was nice to know that a real person put those up and not evil forest spirits or an axe murderer. Camping at Yellowstone slash Grand Tetons a few years ago. He set up our camper at an actual site and decided to do some two day long backpack trips in some of the longer trails. The second one we went to was Cascade Valley Canyon. Absolutely beautiful. So get about 10 miles into the 22 mile loop and decide to set up our tent here since it was getting dark. We cook some food and chill for a bit before heading to bed. Around 2 AM, we're all awakened by something just outside the tent. My mind immediately jumps to bears or wolves or something. Then it starts talking. 
I will never forget it. I think there's three or four in the tent. Let's just get out of here. None of us could sleep the rest of the night. At the crack of dawn we hightail it out of there. Made excellent time. Hiked the 12 miles in about three hours and got to ranger station. Reported what happened, they said they had received a call similar to our story in the middle of the night. They sent rangers into the trail at dawn. Never found out what was going down. Didn't hear of anyone getting hurt, but then again I didn't really look into it. Last spring I went fishing on a lake in northern Minnesota. On that annual spring trip we always walk in the woods around the lake and look for morel mushrooms which are in season at that time. While looking for mushrooms I came upon two big deer skeletons and the horns were locked together. The bones were chewed on by rodents but the horns were locked together and in great shape. We figured they must have fought and rut the autumn before and got locked together. I have no idea how long these two enemies were locked together before they died. I had a bizarre experience while I was camping on Perdido Key State Park Beach. It's a small stretch of beach with a lagoon on one side and the Gulf of Mexico on the other. I was set up closer to the Gulf side, enjoying the stars, just relaxing in my tent at night. This was towards the end of a solo cross-country trip I was on. I had camped all over the country over the previous 35 days and had never really had anything too scary happen to me. But while I was laying there, almost simultaneously, the wind completely died and the ocean went completely silent. No waves crashing. No wind blowing. No sound whatsoever. I never truly understood the term deafening silence until that moment. For some reason, my body's response was complete and utter fear. I don't know why but it was the most scared I had been along the entire trip. I was waiting for something horrible to happen. I had no idea what, but my mind was telling me something bad was about to happen. But less than a minute later all the noise returned and I slowly relaxed again. Definitely one of the weirder things I've experienced. Not creepy, but a bit weird. I took my children camping at a state park with campsites around a lake. It wasn't primitive camping. More like set up your tent with the car parked 20 feet away camping. We're sitting around the campfire after sunset making s'mores, when a car pulls up to the campsite next to us. It's about 35 yards away and it's dark, so we can't see who our new neighbors are. I feel a little bad because they have to use the headlights on their car to see what they are doing while they set up their tent. I wanted to offer to help, but with children and an open fire, I thought my attention would be best used right where I was at. So later, we put out the fire and everyone goes to bed in their tents. I don't think about the campsite neighbor anymore. In the morning, just as the sun is rising, there is beautiful music coming from across the lake. It was a solo performance using low brass. The musician plays three lengthy songs, maybe 15 minutes of music. This gets me out of the tent so that I can enjoy the fresh air by the lake with an unexpected live performance. Once the music ends, I look over at the neighbor's campsite. 
I guess they're deep asleep or not impressed enough to come out the tent. I start a new fire to get ready for breakfast. About 10 minutes later, I see the campsite neighbor hiking back to his tent carrying a tuba. I'm in the middle of cooking so it takes me a few minutes to go over and thank him for the nice early morning concert. I genuinely enjoyed it, by the time I get over to the campsite, he has already put away the tuba, packed up his belongings, and had his tent half put away. I tell him that I'm both impressed at his playing ability and grateful for the nice surprise. And then that is when I noticed it. This guy only has one arm. All of this would have been impressive for just one person to do, setting up a tent in the dark, hiking with a heavy tuba in the dark so that you can perform a sunrise serenade, and tearing down a campsite in minutes, but this guy did it one-armed. Hats off to him. When I was a kid, I went to a summer camp that would take older campers, 12 to 14, on excursions like a canoe trip and or a hike for about a week at a time. It was located in Massachusetts, so we did a lot of hiking along the Appalachian Trail. One hike, there was a group of about seven girls and two counselors, 19 slash 20 yo. I'll never forget, one morning we are hiking along the trail and run into a random guy who is alone, sleeping stark naked in the middle of the trail. Now, you can't camp on the trail on the ad, everyone who hikes it knows that. You've got to camp in designated areas. This guy clearly didn't get the memo, so we carefully sidestep him and continue on our way. About 12 miles later, we get to our site for the night, and this dude is already there. Weird, considering we didn't see anyone pass us throughout the day. The whole night, he's real friendly, telling us things like, my father owns these woods. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's your father, too. Weird shit. At one point, one of our counselors mentions that the sight axe is missing. It was there when we arrived, and when she went to use it for firewood, it was gone. The guy had a knife collection he was keen on sharing with us, so it was pretty clear he was the one who took the axe. I didn't sleep a wink that night. The next morning, he was gone. Terrifying. I live in Alaska and less than two months ago I was hiking throughout the woods on my way duck hunting. I was probably less than 100 yards off the trail when I found pieces of an extremely decomposed human body. Obviously I turned around immediately and called the police, the body was torn apart by animals and decomposed enough that it took a week or so to identify it. Turns out it was a 53-year-old lady who had gotten lost hiking a mountain a couple months earlier. What amazed me was that even with an extremely extensive search for her when she went missing she still wasn't found and she was so close to the trail. I went camping with my girlfriend at a very large provincial park a week before Canada Day, several years back. When we arrived we were delighted to find out that we basically had the whole park to ourselves, as we were told by the ranger who issued our pass. Furthermore, we were camping on an island that took about one hour to canoe out to, isolated with no other sites really nearby. 
A couple of days into our trip we decided to take an extended canoe trip around the lake. Upon return, from a distance out, I noticed something on the shore of our campsite. As we got closer we realized it was another canoe, which was very odd as there were no one else occupying the other island sites, and the park was essentially empty. Finally as we were about 30 meters away we saw three people poking around our stuff, they hadn't seen us yet and were just sort of enjoying looking at our campsite. After a bit they noticed us, rushed into their boat and launched into the lake. We were only a couple feet apart as they came out and we went in. I was feeling super weird, obviously, at this moment and just said hey, what's up? Not in the friendliest tone. I got a good look at them all at that point and they were a bunch of teens straight out of the movie Deliverance. Slack-jawed, toothless and generally unpleasant to gaze upon. They didn't say anything to us but sort of just stared, very very intensely. We got to our shore and checked our stuff out to make sure they hadn't stolen anything, which they hadn't. But after the inspection I looked back to the lake and they were just sitting there away out looking at us. Eventually they left, my girlfriend and I had a really uncomfortable day thinking about it. We slept with the hatchet in the tent and barely caught a wink as we were waiting for them to show back up. Thankfully, we didn't see them for the rest of our trip. Years back in the Rocky Mountain National Park, there was a search for a park ranger whose car had been left at the parking area overnight when he didn't check in for work the next day. They knew roughly which set of trails he was intending to take and my dad said I bet I know exactly where the body is. If he took trail X, there's a spot that I've always been terrified I'd fall down. So for the heck of it we decided to hike up a different trail where we were pretty sure the body had fallen. Unfortunately, the waterfall was a bit too slick so we didn't get all the way. Later that day though, they found the body exactly where my dad thought it would be. It was a pretty clear situation where the guy died on impact, so the delay didn't really matter. Me and a buddy of mine were camping in the Pisgah forest. At dusk, while we were tripping our balls off on some ego-killing mushrooms, an albino guy walks into our campsite with an albino hound puppy. Pretty crazy shit. I think he was expecting us to freak out, but since we were already floating in the ether anyway, we just took that shit in stride. We chatted this dude up and I offered him some chicken tenders and a beer. I think he was trying to have a laugh, but didn't get the desired response maybe? Long story short, we made fine friends of a shotgun carrying albino fisherman and his matching puppy. He strolled off into the dark after hanging out for a while. Fun was had by all. Moral of the story is, people begin to look like their pets after all I guess. Park Ranger here. First around 11 at night I was outside our ranger base when all of a sudden I hear the barking and howling of coyotes. Multiple of them all around me I can see and hear them running. It's odd because they don't usually band together at night at least not in this park. I flashed a light on two of them snarling and they all ran off to the same area howling. I think they had a kill and were trying to fend me off, there was like five of them. Second, I have walked into the woods and it was dead silent. 
someone else mentioned this in an earlier post. It is horrifying, it just doesn't feel right, it's unsetting to not even hear a bug in the pitch black woods. Third, not much to this but we have a couple buildings and it's always freaky when a security alarm goes off. We have to clear the buildings and call it into dispatch. Sometimes animals or even the weather will set them off, occasionally actual break-ins. Night shifts are always freaky, are some less harmful animal stories, but there isn't much to that. I was maybe nine, and there was an empty sandbank by the creek where my friends and I would particularly enjoy playing around. This day I was alone, I pushed through the heavy foliage as usual, only to find myself eye to eye with a goddamn alligator. I froze in place, I was heavily into Nat Geo and Animal Planet at that age, and vaguely thought alligators to be somewhat lazy, they were always just lying around en masse in the documentaries. That doesn't mean I was good in emergency situations yet, I must have stared at it for at least half a minute before I realized it wasn't moving. And it also smelled pretty bad. This is when I looked away from its head and realized its back half had been violently torn away. There was no blood, few flies, and it had definitely not been there the day before. Just half a dead lizard, unceremoniously deposited in my favorite creekside play spot. I didn't know how to process it at all, so I slowly backed out of the brush, the instinct-driven, idiot part of my brain screaming are we sure it's dead? and ran back to my nearby hidden bike. I rode straight home and played Super Mario 64 all day instead. I never told my parents, or my young friends, about what I'd found. None of us returned to the creek bank for at least a week, by which time I suppose it had disappeared. All that was left was a foul, aged odor of rot, which my friends attributed to Creekscum. I knew better, though. Edit. All these stories of nutcases in PA with gators is really validating. For years I convinced myself I had just hallucinated the gator. That it was just a log or something. It was just so impossible to me that I began to doubt my own senses. It's a massive relief to know I saw what I saw for reasons that make sense. was camping with a few friends in high school and there was another family in a campsite next to us. The parents seemed normal but the kids looked slash acted weird. We were probably awake until 2 or 3 in the morning with a fire going and hanging out. I go find a place to pee with my headlamp on, and then out of nowhere I turn my head and two of the kids are right behind me with the creepiest smile on their faces. I immediately go off the trail and find a spot as far from them as possible. Still on edge I make my way back to camp and sit back down, and then all of us see those two kids walk back to their tent hand in hand at 3 in the morning. Scared the hell out of me. I consider myself a master outdoorsman. I have been camping slash hunting slash fishing slash hiking my entire life and almost feel more comfortable out in the woods than I do in the city. We have the luxury of some of the best backpacking in the US where I live tons of beautiful high mountain lakes, very few people, lots of wilderness. You get the idea. Two years ago, 
My friend and I were backpacking up to one of the higher lakes on a 16-mile loop. We found a great spot to set up camp at the end of the day and started exploring to find a good fishing hole. Not more than 100 feet away from where we had set up camp, we see a white object sitting in the middle of the woods. We walked over to get a better look and lo and behold, it's a toilet. And not just the toilet, there is a wooden platform and a deep hole dug at the bottom. It was one of the coolest things I had ever seen out backpacking. How and why someone managed to lug a full-size toilet and plywood up that far is beyond me. We asked around if anyone knew about the origins of the mystery forest toilet, but no one seemed to. While not really creepy, it was definitely weird. Especially given the proximity of the toilet to the lake. On a bad rain year, that toilet would be underwater. But, it looked brand new and didn't smell at all. It was one of my most favorite dumps I have ever taken. No walls, no windows, just me sitting on the can staring at the lake hoping a bear didn't come up behind me and eat me. I was hiking through a set of old train tunnels in Colorado with another female friend. When we got to the last, and longest, train tunnel, we both got this horrible feeling that we were being watched. We entered the tunnel, and began walking toward the other side. We kept hearing strange echoes and noises, but we both nervously laughed it off. We had one flashlight between us and, at the middle of the tunnel, it started to die. Right before it went out, we saw this really creepy, white, faceless man-sized doll. It had been stabbed repeatedly where its face and groin would have been. White stuffing was leaking out. We heard loud shuffling behind us. The light went out. We hauled ass and ran to the end of the tunnel. On the way back, we took an alternate route. Neither of us ever went back to that trail. To this day, I have no idea what went on there. Was it a homeless guy? How did the doll get there? That scene was the stuff of nightmares. I was camping in the Columbia Gorge and the next morning while me and my boyfriend at the time were making breakfast, four people came walking down the mountain wearing business suits. They were maybe 30 feet away and didn't even look at us as they walked past. That night a cop pulled up to our spot and told us that we had to leave because a lot of people go missing in that area. He stayed there while we packed up and followed us until we got to Hood River. Even though I experienced it, it still seems so out there that I hesitate telling that story because it sounds so ridiculous. Another time, I found a deer spine on a rope. On a camping trip a few years back a friend had brought some smoked venison for everyone. We heated it on the fire and all took part in what was a delicious meal but had quite a bit of meat left. After some heavy drinking and other avenues of getting as high as possible we all passed out assuming my friend had packed the leftover away for another day. He did not. In reality he took what was left and for some stupid reason threw it into the creek right beside our campsite. Around 4 a.m. I awoke to a screaming that appeared to be two wild animals fighting over food, turned out that's exactly what it was. Like Noah's Ark, every animal from miles around had smelled the meat in the air, 
tasted the meat in the water, and tracked the meat to where we were. The eyes staring back at me from every direction I shined my flashlight was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in the woods, but technically they found me. My family used to work on a forestry as park rangers. Deep in the forest there was a dilapidated house that used to belong to an old guy named Spike who was a hard-ass MF. People who displeased him had a habit of going missing back in the day and there were plenty of messed up stories about him around town. I have two first-hand stories from visiting Spike's hut while camping out there. One time my dad drove my friends and I out there to scare us all. It was a freaky place and you always had the feeling of being watched. I felt that it may have been aboriginal spirits or even spikes, but it was a very ghostly vibe that made everyone we took out there super uncomfortable. This particular day as we were driving through his property, we saw a guy slumped against a fallen tree on a hill with his hat covering his face. We all told each other he was sleeping, but his body was positioned extremely unnaturally and we all got spooked by the thought that he looked dead. Dad said when we drove back through if he was still there we'd check it out, so we drive further into the bush. When we came back through two hours later he was still there and hadn't moved at all. I told Dad we had to stop and check it out like he said but he just kept driving and completely ignored any mention of the guy or pleased to stop after that. I still think it was a body that had been dumped. 2. When I went back out there with my friends a year later, we drove around looking for the hut for a few hours and finally found it. There were hundreds of beer bottles and 44-gallon drums filled to the brim and it was obvious someone had been there. The house was completely messed and there was no way in hell you'd sleep in there no matter how desperate you were, so this was strange. We walked up to a small shed next to the house and there was the remains of a huge fire with a steel grate over the top of it inside. Next to it in the ashes was a few articles of children's clothing, tiny socks, charred baby shirt and pants, and on a tree stump in front of the coals was a Christmas cookbook. This messed us up bad as you'd never take a child near that place and anyone cooking Christmas dinner out there would have to be an exceptionally suspicious character. We all looked at each other and silently power walked back to the truck and got the F out of there. I've not been back since. That was really scary. Last year was doing a solo round country motorcycle slash backpacking trip. Was outside Glacier National Park sleeping away in my tent one night. Now, understand, I have a very, very healthy reverence, read fear, of bears. I slept with a can of spray at either side of my head, as well as a hatchet at the ready, as if that would do anything other than make me feel safer. Shot awake in the middle of the night one night. Dead silent. Well, for a moment. Then I heard it, that unmistakable HHMPH. I felt the noise before I heard it. I felt her breath through the walls of my tent. I could feel her enormous existence only inches away from me. I have never heard anything more clear in my life. I have also never been more concentrated in all my time. I was utterly convinced that her massive claws were going to come tearing through the thin walls of my meager shelter. I was sure that was it. Then, as quickly as I had shot awake, 
She appeared to be gone. I lay there frozen until dawn a few hours later. Upon gaining enough gumption to get up and look outside, I was convinced I had made it all up. I hadn't. Her tracks were in the dirt next to my door flap to prove it. That is a noise that will never escape my mind. Gah! Still gives me heebie-jeebies. Following a trail through the snowy woods on a cold winter night. Suddenly, the strong scent of woman's perfume. Just in one particular spot. I was past it before it really registered. That's odd, I thought. I stepped back. Yes I could smell it. I took another step, the smell was gone. When I stood in one particular spot I could smell it, but one step either way, there was nothing, and the trail did not intersect with another. I stepped off the trail into the deep snow, and sure enough, no scent to the left or the right. The night was still, no wind. A chill went down my spine. By this time I was looking around to see if maybe someone was hurt off the trail, or even if there was a body nearby. I called out. No response, called again, listening carefully. And I stood there, wondering what to do. And then I carried on, with my hair standing up on my neck, looking back over my shoulder. You know what? I just realized I never looked up in the trees. was on an overnight camp out at a summer camp when I was around 10. Rather than having tents for the campers we just laid out sleeping bags under tarps set up like lean-tos. In the middle of the night I heard heavy footsteps in the brush near our campsite. I thought maybe it was our counselor's black lab. Suddenly a mag light shines out from one of the other lean-tos. One of my cabin mates has heard it too. I see him searching his light over the ground and catch glimpses of something darting through the woods. Finally it stops, he focuses the light on it, and it's a wild turkey. I think ha huh, that's interesting when the turkey suddenly charges the lean too. The mag light starts shining wildly around the woods as my cabin mate screams in terror. This is mixed with the outraged gobble, gobble, gobble. From the turkey attacking him. I'm too stunned to move and after about 20 seconds it's over as quickly as it began. Next morning I've convinced myself it was all a dream. I'm sitting at the campfire's remains with the other early risers about to recount the crazy dream I had. Just as I'm about to start the cabin mate with the mag light walks up, hair completely disheveled, scratches on his face and arms saying, you are not going to believe what happened to me last night. As kids we lived in a new neighborhood. It was next to about 400 acres of woods and old farmland. There were several abandoned houses and barns, equipment, and random junk. It was great to grow up there as we spent nearly every day exploring the area. But there was one house off the main road, but about 200 yards into the woods. It looked abandoned but a woman lived there. We found out the hard way by trying to get into the house one day, and she came out screaming at us to get the hell off her property. She was scary looking as hell. She wore a dirty dress and had gross stringy hair, and looked like she hadn't taken a shower for years. She looked to be in her 30s. 
Needless to say, we stayed away from her most of the time. We also never told our parents because we knew that they wouldn't let us play back there anymore. We did go back sometime though. We named her Crazy Mary, and we'd spy on here, and dare each other to get as close as possible. Even then we never got closer than 100 feet from her house. About 10 to 12 years later I am home from college and my mom tells me about how they took this woman to the mental hospital. Apparently she lived there this whole time with her dead mother and father propped up in their chairs in the living room. They figured the parents were dead for 10 to 15 years, but died of natural causes and Mary had propped them up in the chairs after they died. That meant they were probably freshly dead when we got chased away by crazy Mary. The house I was raised in had a gravel back patio, it was meant to be flagged but never got done so it was just loose gravel. Every morning my dad would go out and empty the bins, they were under my bedroom window. I sleep with my window open so would always hear my dad's footsteps on the gravel before hearing him empty the bins. Late one night I was playing on my PlayStation, I think it is Medal of Honor game. I had the volume turned right down for the sake of waking my family and the lights off. I was sitting there concentrating on the game when I heard the exact sound of someone walking across our gravel right under my window. I know the exact sound and I froze as soon as I heard it. I knew it meant someone was walking on our property. I was about 16 years old and was scared out my mind but didn't want to be a wuss. I remember pausing for a few seconds then jumping up and turning on all the lights as I sprinted downstairs. I hit as many light switches as I could as I ran to the kitchen, rear room facing back patio, directly under my bedroom. I turned on the lights for the backyard which were two strong flood lights, I stood face up against the glass and glared out the window looking for any movement. I was there for a good 5 minutes checking for any movement. Eventually I calmed down a bit and figured it must have been nothing. When I got back to my room I turned the last of the lights off and was just about to unpause my game when I heard the exact same footsteps but much faster heading straight back out. Whoever was there must have been hiding directly under the kitchen window I was staring out of the entire time. Freaked me the F out. I didn't sleep a wink. Similar story from same house. Few years later when I was studying I would sneak out late at night for smoke breaks during assignments. My parents didn't know I smoked so I would be dead quiet and wouldn't make any noise as I snuck out for a smoke. One night I was standing there having a cigarette when I heard someone walking down our side alley. I freaked out thinking it would be a neighbor and hopped into the shadow of our patio doors which petruded from the kitchen. As I stood there I watching the shadow of a figure emerge from my neighbor's side passage, that is parallel with ours. I realized real quick it was not the silo who had of my neighbor and curiously stepped out of the shadow. The figure stopped and was obviously staring back at me. I was lit up from the lights of my kitchen but the figure was in the dark. They would have been able to see me real clear glaring at them. They turned around and bolted. I ran back in the house and locked the door then ran to the front door to check it was locked. I heard a car screech off as I did. Freaked me the F out.
Okay so, about 4 to 5 years ago I was at a scout camp by the name of Camp Messenger. It was summer camp so we were there for 7 days, Sunday to Saturday. On Friday around 10 to 11 pm me and my buddies are playing cards. I was really tired and didn't get much sleep over the week. While playing cards some 6 feet 8 dude creeps up from bushes next to our picnic table about 5 feet away and stops there. He is in a legit ultra realistic Bigfoot outfit, and he was sitting about 5 feet away, half in the bushes. My friends see him coming but didn't tell me, for 5 minutes he sat there waiting, eventually I glance over and see him. I didn't scream, I didn't make a move to run, instead I looked at him and recoiled instantly spewing off every single cuss word I knew, that aren't racial slurs. That shit scared me so bad. My friends just sat there and stared at me, for like 5 seconds, then we all start laughing. The guy in the costume stands up takes the max off and says that was the best reaction I've ever seen. Turned out the guy was one of the staffer had been pulling that prank for a while. 